Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, and remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. The scripture says that some shall depart from the faith. Some shall depart from the faith. Quote, unquote, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. So is it possible to depart or detach yourself from the faith? Obviously, uh, inferred here is that someone was once in the faith in order to detach or depart from the faith. So it must be possible. The Bible says some shall depart from the faith. So how is it that some are lying against the Lord by saying it is not possible? This is utterly ridiculous and blatant uh, unbelief, uh, disregard for the Lord lack of the fear of God, and just utter blasphemy to lie against the Lord himself. First Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. One such doctrine of devils is uh, that a born-again believer can not possibly depart from the faith. Well, we just read that in the latter times, the Holy Spirit of God says that there will be some who will depart from the faith. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. So somebody's lying and it's not God. Anyone teaching that you can never lose your salvation, depart from the faith, quote unquote, first Timothy four, one, fall away. Jesus said, Luke eight thirteen. In other words, you can't, you cannot fall away from something you didn't have, possess, or wasn't in or on. Okay, so obviously they believe for a time, and then in time of temptation they fall away. Luke eight thirteen, the Bible is consistent all the way through that uh, God does not force anyone to remain in Him. In fact, Jesus says, if you don't remain in Him, you don't abide. That means remain and continue in Him. You will be severed. And from the vine and thrown into the fire, uh, and that would mean the fires of eternal damnation, ultimately, uh, Luke 8, verse 13. Also, the Bible says that you can be cut off. Believers, Gentile believers, uh, are warned severely in Romans 11, verse 20 through 22, that if they rebel like the Jews did, then God is going to cut them off like he did the Jews, Romans 11, 20 through 22. Whenever you hear uh, a man say that a born-again believer could never stop believing, uh, 
that is, could never depart from the faith, you know you're listening to a full-blown heretic. Jesus taught that a man could believe for a time and in a time of temptation fall away. Again, that is Luke chapter 8, verse 13. Notice also uh, that if someone believes this false doctrine, the eternal security or the once saved, always saved heresy, none of which appears in the Bible, other than that it was taught by Satan himself, beginning in the Garden of Eden, uh, Genesis 2 and 3, and then also by the false teachers, uh, both Old and New Testament, Jeremiah chapter uh, 23, verse 17, Jude, verses 4, etc. So, if someone believes a doctrine, uh, what does that mean? What does that also mean? It means several things. And one of them that it means, one of the things that it means is that they also have a demon. You ever notice how people react when the truth of God hits them in the heart, the light of truth, and uh, it hits that dark spot, if you will, in their hearts, uh, and they react, and you really can stand back and see spiritual warfare going on. You can see that those demons get manifested because it's through that lie that is now being challenged by the Word of God and by the body of Christ that those demons are put on notice. Because if that person was to come to repentance, cease being a heretic and say, Lord, I surrender afresh, and I'm going to live only by what your Word from Genesis to Revelation teaches. And by the way, it does not teach eternal security. That is a doc. There is no such thing as a doctrine of devils if that's not a doctrine of devils, because that's the first lie Satan ever told. Uh, and it caused the fall of the man and the woman. You're not going to find somebody who believes once saved, always saved, who truly fears the Lord and hastens to obey him in light of the soon return of Jesus, who's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Uh, or any such thing, but is, that is holy and without blemish before him. Right. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, because all who fear God, all who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength in an abiding relationship with Christ, they're the only ones ready to meet Christ. They're the only ones that are going to be in glory. And they're walking in the light as Jesus is in the light, having fellowship one with another in the blood of his son, Jesus, the blood of the Father's son, Jesus Christ is cleansing them on a continual basis. Amen. Because they're walking in the light. It's a must. It's an absolute essential. It's an imperative. It's a condition. It is a requirement that after being saved, you walk with Christ in the light as he is in the light. And you're going to have fellowship one with another with you and Jesus and the Father, and the blood of Jesus is going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness uh, and keeping that pure, white, uh, uh, bridal gown clean. This is the imagery given to us in the Bible. Revelation chapter 19 and verse... Now, you see why Satan wants you to believe you're not once saved, always saved. Excuse me, that you are once saved, always saved. So you can... Just take life casually. I mean, it's hard enough to overcome when you know this is a lie, okay, <laughs> and that you're responsible. So you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and live the crucified life, Christ raising you up as you're dead and buried. You're resigning yourself uh, to the death and burial of self so that Christ can raise you up and give you grace and power over all sin in this life. Amen. And if you do stumble and fall, and I'm sure you probably will, 
confess that sin. If, notice the condition, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Those that are ready to meet the Lord are those who are keep. One of the things you see in their lives is that they fear God. They obey God. They don't believe lies. They don't have the devil working in their life through heresies, seducing spirits, notice, and doctrines of devils. Those are married together and mentioned together and listed together in the Bible. First Timothy 4.1. You see, they confess their sins. They admit to God. It's two kind of people. Everybody has sinned. Everybody will probably still sin again. I mean, being a little facetious. <laughs> uh, but there's two kind of people. And there's only a few of the those who are going to be honest and say, Lord, that was a sin you said it was a sin. Doesn't matter if it felt good or if I was convicted or or not. You said it's a sin. And I confess it by name right now in the name of Jesus. Father, and I ask you to, and to anoint me, bless me, teach me thy way, O Lord, as David said. And unite my heart to fear thy name as David prayed. Psalm 86, I believe it's verse 11. Okay, I, and they confess that sin. Amen. It's dealt with. Then they can. That doesn't mean you're not going to reap from any sin you commit because you are. Just look at the life of David. You'll see God forgave him, but he still had to reap. And God gave him three options. That's how much God loved this man. This man after God's own heart. And I tell you what, if God says one thing to you or me when we uh, enter glory or even now, it, the, the most coveted thing he could say is exactly what he said to David, that David was a man after mine own heart, Acts 13, 22. And, you know, if you've fallen and sinned after you've been saved, and I guess that would include all of us, <laughs> it certainly would, uh, then that gives you great hope. Because after David had been king in Israel, uh, walk with the Lord and fell and did his sin and stuff like that, and then was restored to God. Uh, after all that, in the New Testament, God says, this was a man after my own heart. God didn't remember his sins as far as the east is from the west. So far have I removed thy transgressions from you. Hallelujah. Psalm 103, verse 10 through uh, 13. Aren't you glad that we can forget those things which are behind? We can reach forth to those things which are before us and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you, my friend, to stand before the Lord today and to lift up your hands and your heart and your face to the Lord. And to say, Lord, I'm forgetting. This is Philippians 3, 13 and 14. And I want you to open your Bible and I want you to read that passage. And I want you to let God cut off the past from you. Because somebody listening has been nagged and nagged and nagged with a dirty conscience. And is is not free to go forward. I want you to know exactly who you are. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. It, God is going to set you free. That is his words, not mine or yours. And it is the truth, and you're going to apply it to your life, and he is going to sever the past, and you're going to feel a new, fresh liberty in Christ. Hallelujah. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Let me read this to you. 
as I hope we can close here soon. I didn't want to make this a long message. I wanted this, the Word of God to encourage you and to convict you and to minister His peace to you and bless you. Amen. Uh, Revelation 19, 7 through 9, I believe it is. Yeah. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife hath made herself ready. Hallelujah. We got a message on the website, safeguardyoursoul.com. His wife hath made herself ready. Type that in the search box. And there's an audio there too, I believe. And that is going to bless you. It's diff- completely different than this one, but it's going to be a blessing to you. So uh, his wife hath made herself ready. Don't you know that those that are looking for him are those that Jesus is coming back for? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 29. 28, he's coming back for those that look for him. Amen. Um, Okay, so she hath made herself ready. Who is it that uh, you think is ready to meet the Lord? He tells you right here, those that are making themselves ready, they are the true bride of Christ. There are many have been saved, but uh, only a few are ready to meet the Lord. Only a few uh, account for and are the wise virgins, remember Jesus's parable, Matthew 25, 1 through 13, five were uh, admitted into the bridal chamber with the bridegroom, that's Jesus, and we're the bride, but yet five of the ten virgins were uh, shut out of the eternal uh, chamber, the bride bridal chamber with the bridegroom, and they forfeited eternal salvation with Christ. Somebody said, wait a minute, eternal salvation is eternal. Yes, it is eternal. God intends it to be, but the possession of it is not necessarily eternal. And we know that from the things we're reviewing in the Word of God, that you can depart from the faith, that you can fall away, that you can be cut off, etc. Okay, now verse 8, Revelation 19, and to her, that is the uh, bride of Christ, those who were saved and kept themselves before the Lord. I mean, think about how ridiculous it would be to imagine that uh, a man would be engaged to a woman, but then that woman, while they were engaged during that period of time, she was, you know, consorting. I'm going to try to use a, a cleaner word here. You know what I mean? Like whoring herself out. If she was consorting with other men, do you think that man in his right mind is going to marry that woman? Of course not. Why would you think the Holy Son of God is possibly going to have saved someone? We're espoused to him. 2 Corinthians 11, 2. That means we're engaged to him, but we're not with him yet. We're not in the New Jerusalem, in in heaven, uh, in, in the bridal chamber. Okay, so we're on probation. Okay, if you're engaged to somebody, you better focus on that person. And be a person of integrity before God and man, Acts 24, 16. Paul said he had always a conscience void of offense toward God and men. And you know what? If you mess up, go to that person and say, I, I, you know, if you were engaged, say, honey, I, I messed up. This is what I did. That's what you do with the Lord when you're confessing your sins. Now, why would we think that the Holy Son of God would the bridegroom of heaven is going to still marry somebody that he got engaged to, but now they're living a, a life of spiritual adultery. They don't put him first. 
The first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. He is a jealous God. How in the world do you think Jesus is going to marry you into eternal glory as his bride if you don't keep your garments clean, if you don't stay in love with him? You have left your first love. And he said you must repent. What does that mean? Well, you're in danger of hellfire because except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Revelation 2, verse 4 and 5. Luke 13, verse 3. Okay, verse 8. Revelation 19, 8. And to her was granted that she, that is his wife, this represents the five wise virgins, she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. The fine linen. Are there spots on your garments, beloved? If there are, you're going to be shut out of the eternal feast eternal bliss with the bridegroom Jesus that's going to only be enjoyed by those who make the deliberate wise decision to walk before him and stay in relationship remain in relationship with him now ladies listen many of you are married you've been engaged before okay uh you loved your husband let me assume okay you married him okay uh so you, when you, when he asked you to marry him, you were in love with that man. You stayed in, in your heart, connected, engaged, if you will, from your heart. Revelate, excuse me, Jeremiah thirty twenty one. Who is that? This that engaged his heart to seek the Lord. I believe it's Jeremiah thirty twenty one. Look it up. The word engaged. Okay, so you stayed in lockstep. You stayed in communion with him. Uh, you read his letters, okay, and, and then you gloriously married together. Now you're a family. Now, do you believe that man would be in his right mind if you didn't remain in fellowship with him and in, in, in right standing with him uh, uh, with integrity? And uh, what's the other word that is coming to me here? And I'm trying to remember. Fidelity. If you didn't remain in, with integrity and fidelity uh, with that man you were engaged to, do you believe it would be uh, that he would be a, a man of great sanity to, if he still married you? I don't think so. So why would the Son of God do that? Well, he wouldn't, and he told us he wouldn't. How do you know, brother? Well, I can read. Can you read? You got a King James Bible? Get your face in it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Verse 9, and he saith unto me, Revelation 19, 9, he saith unto me, write, write, write what? Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Aren't you excited to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb with the bridegroom Jesus, who promised that he was going to sit us down and serve us at the great marriage supper of the Lamb? Okay, we're going to look at a passage here and try to close here in Luke chapter 12. Uh, listen, friends, Jesus warned us to be therefore ready also for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. Luke twelve forty. that's the last verse in the short passage we're going to read now. But remember, Satan is the one who's throwing up roadblocks and derailments, temptations to depart, not God. In fact, 
the apostle Peter said, uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, your enemy, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We must not be ignorant of his devices. First Peter 5, 8, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. Beware, saints, beware, beware, beware. Luke 12, 35 through 40. Jesus says, this is his teaching to you, friend. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. There you go. That's uh, the imagery of the ten virgins who were given lamps and oil by the bridegroom. And yet some of them did not keep oil in their lamps. That's representative of us, the temples of the Holy Spirit, keeping the Holy Spirit uh, burning bright in us, if you will, through daily seeking the face of the Lord, whereby he fills you with his virtue by his Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 21 through 23, Jesus said him and the Father are going to come and abide, make their abode in you as you serve him in an abiding relationship. Amen. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open him, open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would not, excuse me, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore, therefore ready also for the son of man cometh in an hour when you think not many, he's teaching here, are going to be caught off guard in the second or third watch of the night and are not going to be ready when Jesus returns. Friend, there's nothing more important than you making things right with Jesus today. He's given you so much scripture, uh, and we've reviewed a lot of it. And he's saying to you to come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Amen. God bless you, saints. Thanks for listening. Please pray for the uh, uh, fruitfulness, the successful fruitfulness in Christ uh, of the outreach. And thank you for your support. It is much needed. God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, uh, edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several, many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a 
monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, In the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.